Good afternoon. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today, on this very hot day, we are going to talk about materialism. Materialism. Um, I think this is a really important topic. It is, and I think it's it's normally defined as a focus on something um, other than spiritual, physical. It, it's, a, it's a focus on excess of material goods. Yeah, like like you're trying to find happiness with stuff. Sure. And um, I just want to start it off right off the bat with, with a, a thing. Well, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy, actually. Okay. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 38. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So what that basically tells me is that if anything comes between you loving the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, oh. with all your mind, then that's a problem. Yes. And unfortunately, materialism is a pretty major problem, especially for most Americans. Yeah, and I think it's just as much a problem with Christians as with non-Christians because we're all in the same society and things that we that are probably not routine in other poorer countries we feel are just rights or we all should have it like everyone needs to have a smartphone like every kid every and that's not necessary but uh there's just a prevalence where we have to have a certain amount of stuff to be living this life and i and i think um that thought even if we don't actually subconsciously think it i think that soaked into church it's soaked into, it is just permeated everywhere. And I think it's a danger to our kids, especially our kids, because they start feeling that you have to have this and this and this to have to be living right, when in reality none of it uh, is necessary to be living for God. Yeah, and it, it's, it's especially uh, prevalent, I think, in this day and age because of the marketing that goes on and the advertising oh, that goes yeah. on. You know, as a kid, I remember we would get the the Sears toy catalog once a year right before Christmas. But that was it. It wasn't a constant bombardment. And our kids are constantly bombarded, both by um, traditional media, by social media. The peer pressure that they get is is much higher. And it's something we have to to work at and train, I think, early on in our children. Mm -hmm. In uh, 2021, it's estimated that the U.S. will spend $276 billion on advertising. $276 billion. And advertising is simply an investment someone makes to try and make money. That's what advertising is. Wow. They invest to make money. True. So if you think about that, that's $276 billion in the U.S. that could be put to other uses that instead is put to profit-making profit-taking. So just keep all those things in consideration. Well, and I think, too, one thing that comes to mind is is there's so many more opportunities for kids to see ads. Mm-hmm. Like if they watch TV, kids' shows are on all the time now, and all those kids' shows always have ads for some kind of toy, some kind of something that seems... Toys, clothing, food, anything... Um, Anything that is, and you never see someone with one of those things that's crying. 
No, they always look it's, so happy. Yeah, and the implication, even though it's not usually said out loud, the implication is that if you get this, you will be happy. Yes. And obviously nothing can be further from the truth. You can't find happiness through materialism. The, the, when we first started talking about materialism, this is the verse. Uh, a verse came to my mind um, in the, the parable of the sower in, mm. in Matthew, Matthew yeah. 13. And uh, real quick, the sower's sowing and different where the seed lands is how it reacts mm-hmm. to growth or whatever. And uh, the third place where, where there grows is others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And then Jesus says the, the definition of those thorns is, and the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the person who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And that thing, it, we're not against people having money or whatever God gives you. It's all from God. Because even uh, another verse I wrote down, Haggai 2.8 says, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. So it's all from God. There's, we're not against someone having wealth. You know, if God gives it to you, great. But we do have to be careful because riches are deceitful. We yeah. can be, be lulled into... And I'd actually pull that verse, a parallel verse out of Mark oh, 4. It says the same ahead. thing in the same parable. Um, yeah, the deceitfulness of wealth is that if I get something, once I reach that goal, then I'm done. Then I have yeah. everything I need. And that is uh, it's a deceitfulness with finances, with material goods in general, because you are never going to run out of need. Right. So if you're never going to run out of need, you can't get enough to satisfy you ever. Mm-hmm. So if instead of focusing on... The the craving, if you focus instead on the living in between the cravings, you're going to get more out of it. I, heard, I saw a really interesting quote from Larry Burkett. He was the founder of uh, Crown Financial. Mm-hmm. He said, most of what God gives you in life is not for you. Ooh. I thought that was an interesting thing. Not just talking, That's really good. Not just talking about uh, money, but he's talking about everything. Your talents, your skills, your gifts, uh, your time. All of those things God gives us, he gives us those for a reason, for a use, and that it's not just for us to hoard it up. We're not supposed to hoard. Jesus talks about hoarding in in uh, earthly goods where moth and, and worm can destroy. But instead, the things we get from God are meant to be put to use. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, that is really good. And uh, there's a book, and, I, and I'm not getting the title exactly right, but I read it. It's a short little book, and it's called something like, the really bad financial advice of Jesus. It's, it's something like that. If you put that in there and say a book, you'll be able to find that book. And it's really, really good. I mean, it's, it. you know, we we have even uh, Christian financial advisors talking about how you have to have so much money saved up. And again, I'm not speaking against savings accounts. Whatever God leads you to do, make sure you do that. But if our focus is on the future and, and trying to, ward off any any uh catastrophe so we have plenty of money to to hoard it up for that catastrophe there can always be a bigger catastrophe for how much money we have i mean we can't that cannot be our mindset as as uh as believers and trying to live trying to live for god it it we have a tendency then when we when we go into that we have a tendency to start thinking that it's from us 
Mm, I did this. I made this. I saved this. I created this. I stored this. Um, And in addition to causing problems with... uh, in your own life, it also causes problems in other people's lives too, and it, it damages your witness because if you have excess and someone else has less, and you are and you are not a generous giver, mm-hmm. then that that'll hurt your witness too. Yeah, people will see you as someone who's a hypocrite. Yeah, I found a great article, and I didn't even read the whole thing because look how much I uh, copied, honey. Oh yeah, this page, this page, this yep. page, this page, and that's only a little tiny bit of this article. The article is. And I, there'll be a surprising thing to this. I'll just read a little bit of it. Okay. The, it's from the Atlantic Monthly, and it's called The Growth of Materialism by a man named George Frederick Parsons. And, I'll, um, and it's the whole aim and intent of the social system of today is to facilitate the acquisition of material wealth. The cult of riches is the prevailing one, and the main test of merit is success in acquiring, in acquiring them. And go down in here. It says, the setting up of wealth as, as an end has important consequences. Viewed in that light, the pursuit becomes not only a servitude, but an endless one. For it is one of the penalties of greed that its capacity for satisfaction diminishes with its growth. Hmm. And then he also says the idea that money brings happiness is common to all but those who have it. And then he goes on to say how when our focus is is material things, it is responsible for the decline of conscientiousness. It it brings a whole moral dry rot to society because uh, then people the end is what's more important than how you live. You just you want to be successful, so you earn a billion dollars. It doesn't matter how you earned it because people will forget that if you kind of throw it around a little bit. Give to cherry chariots or chariots, sorry, Charity. charities. They will, uh, it will be kind of glossed over. Well, and it's the same thing when when you have someone with extreme wealth that is only given to charity for the tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Then the then the intent behind it is is completely the gift is lost because of the intent. Uh, not that the the money can't be used productively for the charity, but your ability to to be a, a free giver is gone. Um, and he even goes on to say wealth seduces and neutralizes the church. Mm. Uh, and he said that when, let me read something, I'm sorry. And they do not, let me go up here, costly church edifices, costly preachers, luxurious surroundings may and do minister to the thoroughly worldly tastes of those who adhere to nominal religion. Mm for conventional and selfish reasons, but they do not and cannot foster spirituality nor weaken in any degree the hold which money has upon the world. Hmm. Isn't that good? It- yeah, that's an interesting outlook, and I think oftentimes we see uh, that sometimes popping up in the church where gigantic cathedrals and, and fancy everything and custom-tailored suits and... Um, I think we are supposed to emulate Jesus in our ministry, and I think if you look at his ministry, you'll see a, de- a de- definitive lack of materialism in Jesus' life. He had nothing. He had nothing, but he had everything he needed. And I think that concept, um, understanding, yeah. You- uh, sorry, that was our daughter. 
understanding that yes, you need to pay your bills and yes, you need to um, pay your mortgage and and clothe your children and all those things. Yeah, that that stuff's necessary. Money is necessary for that purpose. But once we start getting to the point where we think embellishments are more important than substance, then that becomes our issue. Here, give her a message so she knows we're doing the podcast. And also, if you hear a cow in the background, that's our son, Hawkin. And we we didn't tape last night because we got a little late doing our other things. And tonight, Shannon has to go to a football game. So we wanted to tape this afternoon. And so we kind of do it along. You can hear some of our household noises. So you know this is what we do. There's another thing I want to share, and this is just kind of an aside, and I just read it recently in a book. And there is, um, and I think this is referring to 1 Peter 3, where uh, Peter's talking to wives and, and women to let not your adornment be merely external, and other places it says let your adornment be, be modest. Mm-hmm. Well, he said from our modern point of view, we, and I don't know he is, I can't remember where I read this, but he said from our modern point of view, we think of that as like sexually revealing or something. Don't, don't, don't show off, you know, your body and don't be, uh, don't right. be alluring. But he says, that's not what Peter meant in there because they never would have, they never would have dressed like that. What he meant is don't be wearing all this super expensive clothing. He said, uh, don't. Don't spend tons of money on on your appearance. Just be simple and and humble in even the things you choose to wear. That doesn't mean you have to wear a granny sack or a gunny sack because no, that would look stupid. But, but the, and that is but that concept is completely contrary to society's outlook right now. Right, right. Um, if we look at yeah, it's it's a been a concern for me for years with some of our young people growing up, the teenagers growing up. They see these so-called celebrities who are falseness personified, whether it's yeah. body modifications mm-hmm. or fake reality shows or, you know, the celebutants, whatever it is. And they see that as a positive thing. I wish I was a Kardashian or I mm. wish I was on this reality show or something like that. They see that as a positive because they never show the negative. And that's a that's a tool Satan uses all the time. He shows us positives, but refuses to show us the negatives that, that come with that. So whatever it is, yes, is it positive to gain money? Yes, it is. It is. If 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 we had a windfall of money right now, would that be a positive thing in our life? Of course it would. Well, we'd hope but, it would. Right. Well, it would be. Yeah. How we use it is up is right. is what it comes down to, but. Would it be nice to be able to pay off some debt? Of yes. course it would. Would it be nice to be able to give more and to, to help more people out? Of course it would. Um, however, the other side of that coin is what ha- what negatives can come from having more than you need? Mm-hmm. I think that's what materialism really comes down to is, is having above and beyond what you need and what that does to you. And, and, like you mentioned earlier, what it does to other people. Mm-hmm. You mentioned if you have excess and other people have not have enough. But it also, if we're living a kind of a excessive life or a luxurious life, what does that say about what matters to us 
And and people start, even if they don't want to, start putting worth on people on how they look, the things they have, mm-hmm. the cars they drive. And and we as Christians, we're, spo- we're, we're called to be different than the world. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't drive a certain car or you can't have a certain kind of house. That's Those are just particulars, and that's between you and God. Whatever he says you can do, go for it, you know, but... We have to be very careful um, the things we choose to invest his money in because it is all belongs right. to God. Yep. And and there's nothing wrong with a, a new vehicle. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what God tells you to buy, go for it. But I wanted to say that article I was reading from, from The Atlantic, and I want to read right again the, the first sentence from it because this will you might find this interesting. Okay, this is again the whole, the, the first sentence. I already read this, but I'm reading it again for a reason. The whole aim and intent of the social system of today is to facilitate the acquisition of material wealth. The cult of riches is the prevailing one. This article was written by this George Frederick Parsons in 1887. Hmm. But I, when I read that, I didn't notice that at first, and I thought this was a, a, a modern, a, a, right. a, just written just this yeah. year because it's so, Applies even now. Oh, and I have another. And we can go, go all the way back to when G- when uh, God was talking to the Israelites in Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. and He was giving them advice on all the things they needed to do and setting up the law and all those things. In Deuteronomy eight seventeen through eighteen, God said, "You may say to yourself, My power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth." And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. God will take care of us. That is a promise that God fulfills on a daily basis. And in doing so, he may give you a massive amount of talent at something, a great skill at uh, whether it's someone's a professional athlete or a professional singer or a financial manager or a good businessman or a doctor. All of those things are gifts from God. Mm-hmm. And those gifts were meant to be given away. Those gifts were meant to be used for his kingdom. The minute we take that and turn it around and start saying, look how good I am, mm-hmm. then we lose all of our power in the kingdom. Two verses come to mind. First, uh, you, you sharing all those different kind of talents, doctors, mm-hmm. singers, whatever. Right. There's nothing wrong with benefiting from the talents God has given you. If, if you're giving it all away, you will benefit. It's just the verse that comes to mind where... Paul says, "Doesn't a farmer get to eat from the fields right. and the and the don't stop the oxen from right eating so while there's, spreading grain. that's fine and then yeah. another and ver- yeah and yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh, living an abundant lifestyle um, within your means there's nothing God doesn't say that we have to um, walk around in sackcloth and ashes no matter what we what you I mean God's not telling you to hide your your uh, your gifts or hide your, your wealth either. There is no such thing as a pride in poverty where you can say, well, at least I'm not right. as wealthy as that guy. But on the other hand, where you put your focus and where you put your energy, I'm going to go back to that, that verse out of Matthew. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Where is your heart, where is your soul, and where is your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's two places that we can find where people's focus are usually. If I want to find out what's important to you, there's two places I'd look. One is where you spend your time, and the other one is where you spend your money. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that tell me where your heart is and mm-hmm. where your mind is because that's what you're focused on. Mm-hmm. 
those are two things that are precious to every human being. Right. Because both of them are finite. Mm-hmm. Our time is finite. You do run out. Our life is finite. We do mm-hmm. run out of that. And money is finite. You mm-hmm. can run out of it. Mm-hmm. So if we are hoarding any of those three things for our own purposes, then we're going away from what God intends. First Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So if he gives you a big windfall, don't think first, how am I going to spend all this money? Say, God, what do you want me to do with it? Mm. And and I want to go back to the TV thing. Um, something that bothers me, and we have to be, you know, and I and I applaud parents who, who uh, watch what they're, um, kids watch, you, you know, they just are very aware of what kids watch on TV or, or look at or, you know, they're, they're, they're aware of stuff and they, they put boundaries on things like that. But I think also one thing that maybe we don't always think about, but there's a lot of these kids shows that the kids on these shows have everything in the world that you'd ever want. And they, they might have, you know, tons of electronics, designer clothes, uh, fancy new cars, whatever, but they might have all this material stuff, but it's just ordinary every day for these characters. Well, our kids can watch that kind of thing and think, well, that's the way I want my life to be. And it's a it's a way materialism creeps in, and we don't even think about it that way. Yeah, materialism doesn't have to exist solely in, in having things. It can be the desire for those things. Yeah. Materialism can be just as much a lack of goods as it is, a, is an excess of goods, mm-hmm. simply because if that becomes your focal point, again, if that, that becomes where your heart and your mind is, then that's what your strongest desire is. And our strongest desire is meant to be God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, first, first Timothy 6, 9. Mm-hmm. Let me get there. You probably have it down, too. First Timothy 6, Nine, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. pang. And then listen to this, but flee from these things, that love and the lusting after that, flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Flee from materialism. The other things that God, Scripture tells us to flee from, two more things, because a lot of it's fight the good fight of faith. Right. But we're supposed to flee from desiring wealth, flee from idolatry, that's 1 Corinthians 10, 14, mm-hmm. and also 2 Corinthians, or, sorry, 2 Timothy 2, 22 says, flee from youthful lusts. So those are the three things that, that they say don't mess around with, just just run the other way. Right. So, I wanted to get in a little bit here into, yeah. so what do you do? How do you combat it? How do you fight it? How do you get away from materialism? And how do you how do you separate yourself? And I'm, I want to talk about this both from an individual perspective, okay. from a family perspective, from a parent perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the very first things we need to do is is to give. Yes, that's and what I was thinking. giving has to be a primary focus in our lives. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8, we've all heard this before. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will, be, you will abound in every good work. In other words, you can't outgive God. You can't give away more than God. So if God sees you as a faithful servant, in Jesus' parables, he talks about that. He, the, the master left um, money with his servants when he went away on a trip and they came back and they had, some of them had doubled what he'd given them. And he said, well done. I'm going to put mm-hmm. you in charge of more. Mm-hmm. So if you, were, if you were a gracious and generous giver, God will bless you with more to give. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the thing here. It's not an investment. If I put so much into God, God will pay me back ten times what I gave him, right. and then I'll put that in the bank. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the concept of God. you can't outgive God. God will continually bless you if you are using your resources correctly. And a quote I saw that I really liked, uh, a quote, it was a line I saw that I really liked, said, you need to think like you're a manager, not an owner. Mm, that's good. Of We're all stewards. of your things. You are stewards. It's a stewardship thing. I'm taking care of somebody else's goods, services, talents, skills, whatever. These are gifts from God, and I am taking care of those. Not that I own them or possess them, but I am taking care of them for God. I'm doing it for Him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the first things we need to look at when we think about uh, what are we going to do with this, um, I think the best way to fight materialism, materialism is with this generous giving. Mm-hmm. And the challenge there becomes making it a habit. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the best thing you can do is budget for it. Mm-hmm. If you sit down and write a budget on, this is how much we're gonna, we have to spend on our... Uh, mortgage. This is how much we have on a car payment. This is how much we ha- we're going to put towards entertainment. This is how much we have to have for utility bills. All those things. You sit down and budget those out so that you don't run short. Mm-hmm. That's why people make budgets so that they don't a- accidentally spend something that was meant for something else. The same thing should happen with us and God. We should have a plan at the beginning of the paycheck on how much we're going to give to God. Mm-hmm. And that plan that we are going to give is then gone. Yeah. It's not what's left over right. we'll give to God. You give. Don't, you, it's not like the change jar at right. the gas station. I just, just dropped my change in there. Give, give right away. And I will say this. If you have a hard time giving, part of it could be fear. You feel like you won't have enough. Mm-hmm. Or it could be you feel like it's your money. and you. But Whatever the reason why you have a hard time giving, first, don't condemn yourself for that. Realize it's a human thing. Mm-hmm. But the more you give, the more, like Shannon said, make it a habit, the better you'll be able to give. You'll soon, I think, in a sense, it gets almost fun. Like, I'm going to give this to God, and God, this is yours. Or it, It's easier to give the more you do it. It's the same way with anything. The more you do it, the easier. And... Maybe, you know, God does love a cheerful giver, and you know you want to give, but you're not super cheerful about it. You can just say, hey, God, I'm giving this in faith. Help me be cheerful about it. He will get it where you are cheerful about it. Well, and I would consider paying God back a portion of what he gave you to be part of your praise and worship as well. Mm -hmm. It's an acknowledgement of where it came from and who it belongs to. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving you something out of the goodness of my heart. I'm returning something to you out of praise and worship of what, and, and understanding that I got it from you in the first place. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a challenge sometimes. Uh, it's a challenge to start with. So if you're going to do this, you're going to set it up, and you can't 
you know, you, you can't give 10%. You just don't see it anywhere in the budget you can do that. Start at 2%. Start anywhere. Start anywhere. But set a number and make that as important. It should have, it should have the same um, importance as the house payment. You won't miss the house payment. You know you won't. You'll always make sure you have enough for that because that is a priority in your life. The same should be with your tithe. When you are giving to God, make that um, something that is is untouchable. Mm-hmm. That part of the budget's untouchable. We don't take from that if we run short. And I, if I need a car repair, I'm not taking it out of my offering. Mm-hmm. So, and I think once you start that, then you then you start think about the concept of also giving from unexpected windfalls that come in, unexpected things, bonuses, tax returns, all of those things. Think about. The fact that you can just give and give and give and give because God's taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's a faith element in that, too. Mm-hmm. There's a faith element in saying, you know what, God, I'm going to give you this because it's the right thing to do. Even though I know I could probably use it in a, in a useful way in my own life, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give it to you anyway. God, God will honor, honor that. Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. And also, it also if, if you are believing that God... Uh, it will bless you as a faithful giver because it says, you know, you have to believe God is and that God rewards those who seek him. That's Hebrews eleven six. It will help you not worry about finances so much because even if you start to worry, you can think, wait a second, God's got this. He sees you reap what you sow. God will take care of us. And now some people will say, if you give this much, God will give you so much back. Yeah. That's not how God works. He might, or he might give you more, or he might give you give to you uh, in ways that are not monetary, that but still meet that need. Like if you need a car and you need your car fixed, but he gives you to borrow someone else's car while while you can fix your vehicle. Or or a friend or a neighbor or a member of your church comes and fixes things or does something for you. That's also a gift from God in the same way. We have a tendency to think of dollar signs, but there's yeah. a lot of ways God gives to us. If you are in this situation and you're thinking about, well, I'm not sure how I, you know, if you're not comfortable with it, if you're married, by all means, the first thing you should do, the very first thing you should do is sit down with your spouse and pray about it. Yes. You know, and if if you can only give 2% right now, but you'd love to give 10%, say, Lord, I'd love to give you 10%. We can give you 2% right now, but as a goal, in a year from now, I want to be up in that to 10%. Mm -hmm. Set goals. Make a, make a concerted effort and concerted plan. And, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, realize, this is a big part of ministry. I mean, this is, you are really doing ministry when you're giving to God. You're, you're blessing your own family because you're, you're, you're taking the claws out of the money in your life and releasing it all to God. It's, it's so freeing to be able to just, you know you're going to give this much when you when you get a new when you get a new paycheck when you get paid you think oh this goes to God it's all belongs to him anyway but this goes to God okay God what do you want me to do with the rest of it and it's just so it's such a relief not to be in charge of everything to be knowing it's all about Jesus and and it's not that it's not that God needs our money he doesn't need our money but he knows this is a, this is a healthy way for us to live with finances so they don't overwhelm us. When we just give to him, 
those finances are not going to control us. They're not going to overwhelm us. They, we can live for him rather than money. Money is a mm. horrible thing to live for. Like this guy said, you know, greed keeps growing and growing and you'll never have enough. You could have, you'd be the richest person in the world and that won't be enough. If you, if, if you're living for money, it'll never be enough. Mm -hmm. And so God just wants us to get off that roller coaster or that treadmill and just live for Him and let Him take care of the finances. And then He also, we've seen this in our lives, let's say what you have left after you give to God doesn't seem like it'll cover hardly anything. And somehow God gives you creativity to meet what you have to meet, your financial obligations. Somehow He works it out. He might give you favor with someone that you have a bill that you can't pay the whole thing, but they're fine if you only pay part. I don't know, but it's so. Yeah. It, it it's a. Uh, and I will. I want to throw one more yeah. thing at you here as we're finishing up. When you are ta- making this decision that you are going to be giving to God on a regular basis, and you're going to budget for it, and it is going to be part and parcel. It's not an exception. It is just, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, spread that throughout your family, of course. Train your children in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. But in addition, I would recommend that when you look at where you're going to put your money, start with your home church first. Yeah. Start with your own community. That would be your home church and what your church is capable of doing in their community. A lot of times, church ministries can be limited by finances. But if you would take the if you would take the the entire congregation, if there was full of cheerful givers, there will be no limit to the ministry that that church can do in their community. Mm-hmm. After that, look at other ministries that you can donate to, that you can you can help along, because that's what you're doing. You're saying here, this is how I can help, and you're and you're giving something to that ministry. Um, Jane and I sponsor pastors in Africa. Uh, individual pastors that are working in their own community and it's that is a humbling thing for us because we get letters from them and we see how their lifestyle is so different than ours and how their needs their great needs are something that we wouldn't think about even having as a need because it's not something that we ever had to worry about Um, and it just opens your eyes up to see the need and to see God's hand on things and and by all means, the first thing you do when you get your paycheck is praise God that you get a paycheck, that you have a job, that you have the ability to do the things you do. Honor God for all that He has given you, and honor Him as, and and then honor Him by giving some of that back. Share it back with Him and share it with His ministry, because we are put on this earth to glorify God and to, share, to spread His word. So, if God has given you something, it has been given to you to give it away. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. We're we're running out of time, so God bless. Thanks for listening. Bye.